Welcome, everybody, to episode 599 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, Money for Nothing. Money for nothing. We live in a pinball world now where you can actually show zero gameplay and sell 1,750 games. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about American Pinball and what their next title is rumored to be. Is Ben Heck correct? Did they pull a fast one on Canada when they confirmed for me that it would not be Riot Pinball's Legends of Valhalla? Did they simply change the name of the exact same game? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little bit of a Jersey Jack Toy Story rumor. Not really that much of a breakthrough there that you might not see the game this year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Chicago Gaming Company. And where are they? Where have they been hiding all this time? It's been almost like two or three years since Monster Bash was revealed. It's about time they reveal the worst kept secret in pinball, which is Cactus Canyon Remake. When are we going to get that? It is the middle of July, people. We are almost at August, which means Keith Owens' next game is September. We're like two months away from a new Keith Owen pinball machine and all of the conversation and all of the attention is going to go towards Keith Elwin's next game because you know and I know it's the big one. And I always say that, but this time it's going to be true. I think so. And also we want to congratulate Stern Pinball on getting all of these Mandalorian Ellie's out the door. It's really incredible when you see how Stern Pinball can take orders on 750 Mandalorian LEs, and within a week or two, every single person has their game. Every single person. I see the unboxings happening left and right. This is why Stern Pinball just dominates. By the time you actually have time to study the game and see if there's anything in it you love or hate, it doesn't matter. It's in your house. They've taken your money, and you've got the game, and guess what? When it comes to buying a toy, the greatest moment is actually being able to be in possession of that toy. It's like imagine if it was Christmas morning and everyone in America got the next Deep Root pinball machine and every kid is opening up nothing. You have to give people the toys. Stern Pinball at the top of their list. How do we dominate in this industry? Let's actually get people product. What a novel idea. Let's start a pinball company and actually ship people games so when they order it, they get to unbox it within the first few months of buying it. That's amazing. Would you buy a TV and wait 18 months for it? Would you buy a car and wait a year for it? No. Stern Pinball is the only one that understands that principle that when you buy an unnecessary item, the faster you get it, the better, okay? You know, there's a lot of Mandalorian LEs for sale. I mean, there's a lot of scalpers and flippers with this game. And I think people should have done what the early flippers did. And that is sell it before people even saw it. These things were going for thirteen dollars to $14,000. And I'm starting to see the prices come back down to around $11,900, eleven five, twelve thousand. Even more and more of them will go up for sale. Seven fifty dollars is a lot. And once Mandalorian Premium starts to ship, then the LE prices will go down even more. There's just a lot of machines coming out. But these games have held strong. Don't get me wrong. The pinball market has held much stronger than the cryptocurrency market. 
All right, so speaking about the market, I wanted to start out this podcast by talking about Spooky Pinball and their new titles, Ultraman and Halloween. And these games have now been on sale for about a little over a week, and people have given their deposits, and they had an extraordinary sales day in which 1,750 games were spoken for. And without seeing any gameplay footage, without seeing anything on the screen, without hearing any callouts, without seeing if the game is clunky or has flow, 1,750 games were spoken for by both consumers and distributors. Now, I wanna say right now, if you've sold this many games and you have your customers lined up, why would they show gameplay footage now? And I said this on a Facebook Live, and I wanna say this right now, I think streaming a game and showing people what's in it is an absolute surefire way to absolutely spoil everything that's in the game. And imagine if you're Spooky Pinball right now, why would you bother streaming the game now? Why would you bother showing people what's in the game when all the games are spoken for? What benefit to them does it have to stream the game now? The deposits were non-refundable. You can't back out of your order. So if they show the game now, you are going to do maybe a few things. One thing is you're going to spoil what's in the game for some people that want to unbox it and be surprised when they play the game for the first time. You are also maybe going to excite people who bought the game and see the clips from Halloween and Ultraman and they get excited. So you could argue that the reason why you want to stream it is that people have a long wait to get their games and you might as well excite them with this. Okay, I understand that. You could also argue that you want to show people the game in the right way. But we all know this, that no pinball machine actually streams nearly as well. And the experience of watching a machine being streamed is not nearly as exciting as playing the machine itself. I would argue that the translation of playing a pinball machine to streaming one as a mechanism to excite you about the game almost always falls flat. There's no way you can do it. There's no way you can do it. There's no way you can stream Guns N' Roses and accurately display for someone what it's actually like to stand over that game when that music is blasting and that light show is going. There's no way to capture it. So the same will be true with this game. The same is true with Mandalorian. You just can't convey how exciting a game is via a stream. Now what a stream can do is show you if the game has flow, to show you if there's combos, to see how easy it is to hit the shots. You can see the way the mechs work. So that stuff does come through well in a stream. But why stream it if you're spooky? I think Spooky shouldn't stream this machine, or both of these machines. I think they should actually let the first customers have an amazing surprise and delight moment in which they get to unbox it and experience for the first time all of those clips, all of those shots, all of the flow. But they're going to stream it. I know they're talking to Jack Danger, so we're going to see this game soon. But there is something that happened with the great success of this spooky launch that should have each and every one of us somewhat concerned. Here's my concern about all of this, and it's not just spooky, it's the current state of pinball sales and how they are developing. Stern Pinball can sell out 750 Mandalorians before a single person sees a single thing about the game. Spooky Pinball one-ups that and sells 1,750 games before we've seen a single ball flipped. You have no idea what's in the game. You have no idea if the game shoots well. You have no idea if it's clunky. You have no idea if it's smooth. 
You have no idea what the assets are. You have no idea what the display looks like. You have no idea about anything. We are now in a world in which if you simply have a theme that is exciting, and I would argue that you don't even need a theme that is very exciting. Ultraman, come on people, let's, let's be fully honest right now. I'm glad they sold the games, but Ultraman was nowhere near on anyone's top 100 themes we can't wait to see in pinball. If I had done a survey of the top 100 themes you would love to see in a pinball machine, Ultraman wouldn't even make the list and yet it was still spoken for in one day. So it doesn't even matter so much about theme if it's licensed, if the art is good, and the company is reputable, it doesn't really matter. And Stern's been experiencing this kind of success for years. But the downside of this ability to move product quickly with a licensed theme before anyone sees anything just because you're limiting the amount of games you're going to make. And that's what Spooky did. The problem with all of this is what's the incentive from the manufacturer to actually make the game worthwhile? And again, this is not a knock on any specific company, but this kind of instant sellout behavior, if you're a manufacturer, you start to realize, well, we don't have to put as much in these games. We don't have to go as far as we normally would. We don't have to impress beyond a certain point because if we're selling at this, why would we put more in? And this is where Stern Pinball's been for many, many years now. You go look at a game like Simpsons and Lord of the Rings and you look at a modern Stern and you realize they've been stripping stuff out of these games for years. They've been lowering the amount of money they've been investing on what's physically in the games. And they've so geniusly put better artwork and more stuff on a screen and much less into the games and significantly raise the prices of these pinball machines and they sell out on day one. And so I'm concerned that this is where pinball currently is at. And Spooky Pinball got to taste and take a bite from the Stern Apple with these launches because it's the same formula and it works time and time again. All you need is something people know, a beautiful art package, and you make it limited, and you're going to have an incredible sales day unless you totally mess up on some aspect of the game. But there is a fourth element to that, and that is goodwill with the community, and that is people trust you and respect you. And that is why we didn't see stuff like Hot Wheels sell as well as Ultraman. I mean, isn't that crazy? If I were to tell you which would make for a more fun pinball experience like a year and a half ago, if I were to blindfold you and say, imagine a Hot Wheels pinball machine versus an Ultraman pinball machine, which do you think would sell better to the U.S. pinball buying community, even the global pinball buying community? Everybody would have said Hot Wheels, but that wasn't the case. Hot Wheels probably hasn't even sold 500 units to date. So I just want to say I'm happy for Spooky. I'm happy for Spooky that they got these sales numbers. But what is happening in pinball now isn't something that consumers and us pinball people should really be celebrating because on some level, this is going to push companies to probably do less because they're making money before we even see it. And I think all of us next year, when there's all these titles coming out, there's going to come a day where this is going to end, right? This just throwing money at every single new pinball venture that happens, 
throwing money at anything JJP, Spooky, and Stern releases. Like anything they put out will be successful. Take my money now. At some point, it will come to an end. You have to understand this. It will come to an end. The prices are so high that no one's even questioning this stuff. And it makes a hypocrite of all of us, right? We're all like, oh, we shouldn't buy it unless it's a dream theme. Ultraman, okay, sold out. I mean, it's like, what are we all doing? And I bought one. And I never even said Ultraman was like a dream theme of mine. And it's not, but it's just cool and I kind of want it. Maybe that's just all it boils down to. It's just a toy. It's like, if you want it, you want it. And we don't need to overanalyze it. And I think some of us are experiencing some of that as well. We're just into it. We're just into pinball. And we've waited months for new pinball machines. And when a new one comes out, it doesn't matter all the mental strength we think we have. We don't. We don't. Most of us, you and me, if you love pinball and you have some money set aside that you could buy silly things you don't need like pinball machines, all of our mental toughness, all of the stuff we say we're going to do, it all goes out the window the moment a new game is revealed. And it happens time and time again. And maybe instead of saying, we're going to be different next time, we're going to put our foot down and only buy dream themes, we're going to put our foot down and only buy a game if it's got mechanical magic in it, we're only going to buy a game if it's filled with pinball moments that are unbelievable. We're all hypocrites, we're all liars, it doesn't matter, just put a theme in front of me with some nice artwork and tell me that I might not be able to get it because it's limited and there's a great chance you're going to sell out in one day. That's where pinball is at. Now, Spooky Pinball is having a little bit of a delay in getting people what number game they are. Like, if you ordered this game right now, you have no idea. Am I number one or 1250? They don't know. I did hear from some distributors that the way they did it with the three different models actually made it a little bit more confusing. Next time, what Spooky might think about doing is just say how many are there going to be of CEs, Bloodsucker Editions, and Standard Editions. Because... It's creating a little bit of a nightmare for them, probably figuring all of this out. We've got to figure out 1,750 orders and there's three tiers. So that's a lot harder to do than just, you know, everyone's got a Rick and Morty and here's a different order sheet. So I hope people know what number game they are soon. And that's going to tell people how long the wait is. You know, are you going to be waiting a few months or are you going to be waiting over a year? So we will find out hopefully soon and hopefully soon we'll see the game streamed. So American Pinball, right? They're like the complete opposite of Spooky Pinball. Now, I would argue that American Pinball has put more into their games than any Spooky game to date, except for maybe Hot Wheels. But if you look at Houdini and you look at Oktoberfest, it's always been somewhat perplexing to all of us. Why has American Pinball just failed to click with the pinball buying audience? It's almost like they think they're doing the right thing. It's almost like because they're on the forums, they think they're giving people what they want. But what they always fail to realize is there's a method and a formula to creating sales success for your organization. Now, I'm about to give American Pinball some good advice, and I think they're going to take this advice. And I'm also going to tell you why this company has failed so horribly over the years. First and foremost, The number one thing you need to create to sell pinball machines in modern day is FOMO, the fear of missing out. Stern does it. Spooky does it. Everyone successful does it. CGC does it. We're only going to make this number of games. This is how many we're going to make. 
What is the one thing that American Pinball has never done on any of their titles? They have never said, we're only making this many games. The biggest mistake they ever made was this. They only needed to sell a thousand Houdinis to consider it a success, right? So what did they do? They said, we're going to make unlimited amounts of Houdini. So the moment you hear that, there is no urgency for you to go buy that game because you're like, well, I could just order this game a year from now. I could order this game six months from now. I'll just wait to play it at shows and on location. And there's absolutely no urgency to get this game. Now, if they said we're only going to make a thousand Houdinis ever and that's it, they would have done much better with it. But they didn't do that. So they kept the order banks open and they barely sold. They did the same exact thing with Oktoberfest and arguably two themes that nobody wants. So you think about this right now. We've got two themes that nobody really wants. We've created no FOMO. There's no limited nature to our product. And guess what? Sales failure after sales failure. And they did the same exact thing with Hot Wheels. They didn't limit the number of Hot Wheels. They tried to create FOMO by saying, I think it was like the first 250 games will get a free shaker motor. Shaker motor? I just want to shake these guys up. Do you really think that a shaker motor installation is how you're going to create a sense of urgency and demand for the product? It doesn't work. And it didn't work. And three times in a row, this company has made games that people just don't want. Now, the sad part is this. They put so much into those first two games and the build quality of American pinball games is stellar. Phenomenal build quality. I would argue that they might be building the highest quality games in pinball. And I never hear people complain about the quality of their products. I don't hear people complain about the quality of the play fields. I don't hear people say anything about AP quality. It's always so frustrating in this hobby how it's always a compromise, right? Why are the best quality products wrapped in games that nobody wants? It's so annoying. Like, why can't Jersey Jack have the quality of American pinball? Can you imagine if those two things came together? A man can only dream. So here we are, right? Here we are on the verge of AP's next title. And what did I just say? You have to have FOMO. You have to limit the amount of games you're going to make. But you also need a theme that people want. Now, I'm hearing that the next game is going to be Legends of Valhalla. I'm hearing that they're renaming it into like Rampage, Quest for Valhalla or something. I know Rampage is the main title of the game. Let's talk about that for a minute. Why would you, if you're American Pinball and you know that theme sells, you know that you got to give people something where there's some connection to it. There's some fan base out in the world. There's some emotional appeal to this thing. Why would you, knowing that, seeing how your first two games sold and even how your licensed game sold, why would you go back and make an original game based on Vikings right now? How can you sit in the American Pinball boardroom right now and say, we're going to go up against the Mandalorian, Ultraman, which is a multi-billion dollar franchise, Halloween, which has like 40 plus years of fandom, and the horror community loves Halloween. We're going to go up against that, potentially Godzilla. We're going to go up against Led Zeppelin and Guns N' Roses, 
we're gonna take down these games and we're gonna get sales in this marketplace with, wait for it, drum roll, Rampage, Quest for Valhalla. How do you do that? And they've had over a year to plan what this game is gonna be. Now look, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong and it might not be that game. But we know that the next game is not licensed. And just right there, that is the colossal mistake. We can't launch unlicensed games in 2021 that have absolutely no following. Cactus Canyon has a following. People know about Cactus Canyon and Monster Bash and all those old games. People know about them. There's at least a built-in fan base from pinball fanatics. There is nobody that wakes up and says, you know what, I'm really... I'm really upset with myself that I missed out on Wrath of Olympus, or I'm really upset with myself that I never got Legends of Valhalla from Riot Pinball. You know, no one, no one is waking up and saying, you know what, I wish I got Celts, or I wish I got Cosmic Carnival. And the list just goes on and on and on of pretty much almost every single modern day original theme has failed. Dialed In was also a sales failure. If you look at what they put into it, it was a sales failure for Jersey Jack Pinball. It was not successful for them. It did not do the numbers they needed it to do. The only one that was successful was TNA. TNA was not on a mission to sell a thousand units. And only Spooky could put a game like TNA into the marketplace and make it work for them on a financial level. But even Spooky has moved away from original games like TNA. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think a few things. I think American Pinball is going to come out with this Vikings Rampage game. I do think they're going to have a limited edition version of the game. You're going to see them adopt a two to three tier system in which they're going to try to create FOMO for this title. Now the hard part is going to be this. If it is Legends of Valhalla, it is also a game that almost everyone in this community has seen for a very long time. Now, most of us have not played it, so the gameplay will be fresh, but the game itself will not. I'm also hearing from my sources that Two Steps From Hell was hired to do the music sound package on the game. Are you guys fans of Two Steps From Hell? Never heard of them, never heard of them, so that's not gonna be another thing that pulls in a bunch of people to the game. So, let's see what happens, but I'm here to tell you right now, Canada is going to predict that this will be AP's next game. Now, the question is, when are they gonna come out with this game? And what are they waiting for? Every week they wait to show this game, I think is a mistake because money is going in other directions. The moment we hit August 1st, I'm telling you what's gonna happen. Two things are gonna happen. Chicago Gaming Company is going to get Cactus Canyon remake out at the end of July, early August. So that is gonna happen and that is gonna make it harder for American Pinball to sell this title. The other thing that's gonna happen is this. The moment we hit August, August is a slower month for everybody. You're going on vacation. You're spending more money with your family. COVID is starting to ease up a little bit where people are getting back out there. Come August, things will slow down. And I think the entire mindset of the pinball world is going to be on one thing and one thing only. We are very, very close to Keith Elwin's next game. And Keith Elwin isn't just another designer. He's something special, people. 
and we know it. You know, he's like when a new Tarantino movie came out. It wasn't just like another movie. You know, I, I would say like Keith Owen is kind of like the Christopher Nolan of the pinball world is that when he makes something, people pay attention more than anybody else. I would argue that right now in the pinball world, without a doubt, Keith Elwin is the number one pinball designer in the world. He is designing games that excite the most people in the pinball world. He's three for three on his pinball machines. When I look at the stern climate over the years and I look at what games people are loving, I think Jurassic Park is at the top of that list. I know people voted Iron Maiden to be number one, but if I'm looking at Elwin's portfolio right now, Jurassic Park, number one, then I would put Iron Maiden and then Avengers. But here's the thing. It's not like there's a dog anywhere in that mix. Like there's no bad games. And what people love about Keith Elwin games, you know, I don't even have to tell you, but he designs his games from the ground up to shoot tremendously well. He has a tremendous ability to get the most out of the stern bomb. He designs the rule sets in his games with that in mind as he's designing the game. And that is such an important element that a lot of games don't have. His games feel more synchronized than most other games out there. He's also got on his team a dude called Zombie Yeti. So you've got Keith Elwin and Zombie Yeti making what is going to be a game that everyone knows is going to have a higher bomb in it, less restrictions on the designer, and this is a statement game I am hearing from Keith Elwin. Keith Elwin reached out to me when Avengers came out and said, you haven't seen anything yet. Just wait till you see my next game. Why would he tell Kaneda that? Kaneda is the last person on planet Earth you would ever want to say something like that to. Because when you say that to me, it almost makes me want to just skip Avengers altogether and wait. So come August... The storyline in Pinball will be how beautiful the Cactus Canyon remake is, which it will be, but the real storyline will be what's next from Stern Pinball, what's next from Keith Elwin, and we can't wait to see it. This is why without Stern Pinball, this hobby becomes so boring. Can you imagine if Stern wasn't in Pinball and it would just be like one spooky game or two every 18 months, one Jersey Jack game every two years, I love that Stern Pinball never stops coming with stuff, right? They never stop coming with stuff. If it wasn't for them, you and I would both be very bored covering this hobby. There couldn't really even be pinball podcasts without Stern. There couldn't be. There wouldn't be pinball YouTube channels really without Stern. Without Stern Pinball's constant delivering of stuff, it would get really stale really fast. And look, do I wish Stern put more into their games so that their games were more magical? I do. Do I wish Stern games had a longer shelf life? And what I mean by that is I don't really think they're creating tons of masterpieces. They're not. For the amount of games they make, they don't really make that many masterpieces. That's also why it's exciting to follow Stern because with every new release, we always hope that this is going to be the one that blows us away. This is going to be the masterpiece. This is going to be their latest Lord of the Rings. 10 years from now, we're never going to get sick of playing this game. That is what people want with every new Stern release. And I, I will say it. What we really want is a game that plays as good as Ghostbusters looks. That's really it. Ghostbusters is that world under glass. We just want a game 
that plays as good and has the longevity that Ghostbusters does not have. I'm sorry, I will never get over how bad Ghostbusters shoots. Imagine if Keith Elwin did Ghostbusters with Zombie Eddie's art package on that game. We would all be spending $20,000 right now to try to find an LE somewhere, okay? That's how amazing that game would have been. I mean, throw in an LCD with Ghostbusters as well and forget it. It would be unobtainium. I mean, that's what's going to happen. So, like, the window is closed on American Pinball again. And it couldn't be a worse time for them to release a pinball machine. I just want these guys to get their act together. I, I really do. Because, like I said, I think they make one of the highest quality pinball machines. We know they can stuff a ton of mechanical wow stuff into their games. Like the... The, the milk can shot on Houdini that fires the ball all the way down the play field, that's cooler than anything I've seen in most modern pinball machines. They've got the potential, but they just need to execute it right. And I think they're once again going to have the timing off. I think they're going to have the theme off. And I think they're going to struggle here. And then I'm hearing the next game is going to be a Joe Balser game that Dennis Norman is going to help finish. Why are we going back to a Joe Balser design if you cut him loose? And I hear it's also probably not going to be a licensed game, but they're thinking about putting a license on top of it. Come on, guys. Come on, AP. I am rooting for you. I am rooting for you. And this is hard loving. It's hard loving, guys, because what's crazy to me is that you would even start a pinball company without understanding how to sell games. How can you go down this road and do all this hard work, AP? You are able to put games in boxes. If you can get to that point, you should be making millions a year selling pinball machines. Your games should be flipping for more money than they're worth. You guys need a marketing strategy. You should call me up. You need to create this brand American Pinball. You need to figure out where you want to be. How many games do we want to make? How do we create some sort of like aura around this company that's exciting? If I were them, I'd say we're only making a 1,000 of each title, and that's it. You got to get it when we make it, and I'm telling you right now, you're going to want these games. But stop saying you're going to make original themes from Dennis Nordman. Nobody wants original themes from Dennis Nordman. If Elvira's House of Horrors was not Elvira, it doesn't sell. All right. If it's just the House of Horror, Dennis Nordman's House of Horrors, nobody cares. You need licensed themes, you need to limit the amount you make, and you need to jump into this marketplace in a way that's aggressive with something you know is going to make people want to buy it in one day. If you don't have a single day sellout in your American pinball right now, that is the new benchmark. You failed. If you need to slowly sell games in 2021 when the sharks are in a feeding frenzy to get games this year, you failed. And so this is going to be it. I'm excited to see it because if this game comes out and it's just like, eh, then what do you do? Why do they keep doing this stuff? And then if this game flops, then what? What? It's just like available. Nobody really wants it. And then we got to wait three to four months for their, their next attempt at the plate. Four strikes in a row. Come on, AP. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. It is so easy to make money in pinball if you've figured manufacturing out. And I'm just going to say this. If you're not making money in pinball and you have manufacturing figured out, then you've worked really hard to do really stupid stuff.
And whoever is consulting them and making the decisions over there has made really stupid decisions. Now, I believe in the new AP. I believe in what David Fix says he wants to do. But if David Fix's first move is to drop Legends of Valhalla out into the world, this is the new AP. If that's your first move, it's going to tell everybody you haven't learned anything, guys. You haven't learned anything. All right. We'll see what happens. High drama on Canadian Pinball Podcast this morning. So speaking of dropping new games, I'm hearing that Toy Story is not coming out this year. That is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that Jack just renewed the license that Pat Lawler has taken a little bit longer. I'm hearing that the game might not be fully completed yet. Not sure about that. Just a rumor. But I do not expect to see. I don't expect to see Toy Story this year. And I know, look, I mean, for, for all of us out there, we know they have to make all these Guns and Roses machines, so it was highly unlikely that they were going to show another title this year. So if you're Jersey Jack, your entire year now is just making these Guns and Roses machines. There are still people who ordered the machine last October that have not received their product. So they've just got a lot of games to build. But most importantly, Jersey Jack Pinball has a lot of confidence to build. They need to restore consumer confidence in this company They've yet to do anything to do that. I'm sure they're working at it, but whatever it is, it's going to take more than just a seal of approval on a play field that meant nothing. Are we going to get a deep root update any day now? Now, the latest is it's July 15th, and the last time deep root gave us an update, they said we should expect something around July 4th. Okay, July 4th was over a week ago. And so now we're hearing that it might be sometime around July 18th. Now, do you think we are going to get an update from Robert Mueller that says games are on the line? Or do you think we're going to get an update that says we're still waiting on something? My bet is the latter. Because every single update we've ever had from them has been about a delay. Now, I'll tell you something that hasn't been delayed. That's Canada's Pinball Podcast. We continue to deliver episodes every single week. We also do our shows for the Canada Club members. And I'm here to tell you right now, as of today, Canada's Pinball Podcast has surpassed Raza with sales. We now have 123 people who contribute via Patreon to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Raza has sold 122 games. So as of today, July 15th, Canada's Pinball Podcast has sold more product, if you will, if you call it product, a subscription. We've sold more than Raza, and as of today, we are much more profitable than Deep Root Pinball. Look, $1, $1 earned is much more profitable than Deep Root Pinball. I do want to give a shout out to my latest contributors. Let's see. I got Tyson, I got Jeff M, I got Andrew D, and then DMV. Not not like the DMV, those are his initials, but here's also one I got. This is why I love my fans. Someone just contributed to Canada's Pinball Podcast, and it said, your new patron is Bob Mueller and J-Pop. So people are actually putting down their name as Bob Mueller and J-Pop and contributing to Canada's Pinball Podcast. So thank you so much, uh, Robert and J-Pop. I didn't realize you were fans of the show. Now, speaking of fans of the show, 
And this is something I've been hearing for a very, very, very long time. And that was, when are you gonna finally make some merchandise? And when are you gonna give us the ability, if we love your show, to wear a t-shirt, to have a mug, to put a hat on that says Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I'm here to tell you right now, I have located a merchandise vendor in Brooklyn, New York. I am working on the merchandise as we speak. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that the first item that I will release to my fans in a merchandise format will be a very special limited edition t-shirt in which I'm only going to make 122 of them. 122 super limited collector's edition t-shirts. On the front, it will say, Viva La Raza. This is going to be the Canadas Pinball Podcast Viva La Raza Special Edition t-shirt. The first people to have access to this t-shirt will be the Canada Club members who are donating on Patreon. So they will get access to it. Now, there's only going to be 122 of these t-shirts. And right now, we have 123 contributors on Patreon. So someone's going to miss out if everybody wants one. They're going to be super fun. I'm also going to make other merchandise as well that just has the logo of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm going to make a hat that says Viva La Raza. I'm going to have a hat that says Canada's Pinball Podcast. And my plan is every month or so to release a new limited edition t-shirt with something fun on it. I want to make it so like, yes, you can have the basic tee with the logo, but I want to do stuff that makes you guys want to wear it and makes you laugh. I mean, this show has always been about that. This show has always taken the piss out of pinball. You know, and look, my t-shirts, I'm going to tell you right now, Canada's Pinball Podcast t-shirts, 100% guarantee they will not pool and they will not chip, okay? And they're guaranteed to ship to you within two weeks, all right? Are you ready for Canada merchandise? Because my goal is this, for those of you out there, I want to get as many people as possible rocking Canada's Pinball Podcast gear at Pinball Expo this year. It is going to be amazing. We need to walk around that show and the Canada Army and Canada Club and everyone who loves Canada Spinball Podcast, you know who you are. I want us to be at that show and just make a statement that Canada Spinball Podcast has been the number one pinball podcast for so many years. And now you can finally show people out in public that you enjoy the show. Now, I'm going to be at Pinball Expo. I haven't really run that by Brenda yet, but I'm going to be at the show. And I'm going to be walking around and I want to see you guys rocking your Canada gear. I want to take selfies and I want to buy everyone who's rocking this gear a beer and have a good time and just enjoy pinball in real life, which is what we've all been waiting for. So that merch is coming out very, very soon. So keep a lookout for it. Everybody, this has been episode 599 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. We'll talk to you real soon. Don't forget, Saturday morning, Spectacular, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook page. We'll be there in a couple days, everybody. Have a good day. We got